The Lever. Subscriber-supported journalism that holds power accountable. As a Lever Premium subscriber, you'll get to hear exclusive bonus content from this episode and others in your feed. To become a subscriber, go to levernews.com. Hello, this is Frank Capello from The Lever, an independent investigative news outlet. This mini-episode is part of our Inside the Story series, where we highlight some of The Lever's original reporting and speak with the journalists who wrote the story. Today, I'm joined by The Lever's Julia Rock. Julia, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Frank? Doing pretty good. Uh, I was excited to read your piece. As you know, I spent a large portion of my life working in the restaurant industry, so this very, very much hit close to home. Uh, So you wrote a new piece for The Lever about the National Restaurant Association, sometimes referred to as the other NRA, uh, which details not only their decades-long lobbying efforts to suppress wages and block legislative efforts to give workers paid sick leave, but also how the industry has been responding to a resurgent labor movement as more workers across the country have been seeking to unionize. So you attended the Restaurant Legal Summit to write this story. Attending the summit was one of the government's top labor watchdogs, Jennifer Abruzzo, the general counsel for the National Labor Relations Board, as well as restaurant executives and union avoidance lawyers. So, Julia, what was the point of this event? What was their objective? And what were your key takeaways? Yeah. So as as you were sort of, I think, implying with your tone, this is a funny uh, collection of people to get in one hotel ballroom. But the event was the annual conference of the legal arm of the National Restaurant Association, as you said. Um, and so the point of an event like this is typically to sort of get industry people together to schmooze, to sort of talk about share war stories. Like you said, uh, regulators or, or politicians are sometimes invited. In this case, it was Jennifer Abruzzo. Um, you know, they might give some insight into what, what is on the regulatory agenda in coming months or also just sort of, um, schmooze with industry people. Um, so this is basically a networking event, which also, uh, unlike some of these events, had sort of the the purpose of, of giving restaurant managers and executives the opportunity to hear from lawyers um, who, who take, you know, restaurants as clients about uh, things like wage and hour lawsuits or union campaigns. So this was a very inf- informative event for restaurant managers. Um, lawyers who attended could actually get continuing legal education credit for attending, which is a detail that really surprised me. These are credits that lawyers have to get uh, to retain their professional certification. So this was both an educational event and sort of a schmoozy event. Gotcha. Thank you for all of that context. So why were all of these legal minds convened? In other words, what are the restaurant executives so worried about? Well, so really the big theme or the thing that was underlying everything at this conference was the fact that Starbucks baristas have organized, unionized nearly 300 stores in the past two years. Um, so what's happening right now in the restaurant industry is something that has not happened in a really long time or really ever, which is a huge 
union organizing wave. So there was sort of a general sense that unions are coming into an industry where for a very long time there have not been unions. I mean, the other thing that 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 was sort of on the minds of of the speakers is something that we were all familiar with uh, sort of living through you know, the COVID pandemic of the past couple of years, which is that restaurants have really become sort of these sites of all sorts of political and social issues. So in, in their, in the early months of COVID and, and in, in the first couple of years, really, there were all sorts of political debates over whether restaurants should stay open because some of the people who are most likely to die of COVID were people working in restaurants. There were all sorts of debates about paid sick leave. And then, you know, at the beginning of the Biden administration, there was a big push by Democrats to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour to end the tip minimum wage, which is basically uh, a wage much lower than than the minimum wage that um, companies are allowed to pay tipped workers. So there are all sorts of political issues that are swirling around restaurants in the past couple of years that were also um, clearly really on the minds of the speakers. Yeah, my first job was working in my father's restaurant, and I remember being told what the hourly was. I think at that time, it was somewhere around like $2 and change. And I remember as a teenager being like, someone's legally allowed to pay me that little? That's 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 wild. That wage, two hours and change, it's two thirteen an hour, is still the tipped minimum wage in restaurants. And that's mostly thanks to the NRA. They have been lobbying to keep the tip minimum at two thirteen an hour for a couple of decades. And so far, you know, even with the most pro-labor president in history in the White House, even with Democrats controlling the House and the Senate last cycle, they've been able to keep it in place. So what advice did the lawyers give to the restaurant executives about, I guess, the best strategies to beat back their increasingly restive young workers? A key theme at the conference and at, and at uh, a number of the presentations that I wrote about was that basically you had lawyers saying, look, the, the kids, as they called them, the people working in your restaurants, working in your coffee shops, they're political people. They have opinions. They're on social media. They know about the issues happening in the world. You're not going to be able to stop them from talking about those things at work. Also, Jennifer Abruzzo had delivered, you know, the keynote address, the first big speech at this conference. And she had said, um, you know, I'm going to sort of fight for an interpretation of federal labor law that protects the right of workers to talk about social and political issues on the job. So the presenters were basically saying it's probably inevitable that your workers are going to be talking about these things, but they want to sort of restrain them and control them. So they were suggesting that, that um, you know, restaurant executives and managers give workers very uh, controlled and contained opportunities to uh, talk about politics and social justice issues at work. Sort of the underlying fear to a lot of this is if workers start talking to each other about issues that they care about, about issues that affect their lives, it could lead to, lead to unions. Wow, it's almost like if the working class just had a chance to talk amongst themselves and realize how they were being exploited, they would maybe get together and do something about it. I mean, that's the big fear. Yep, that's uh, terrifying for the employer class, that is for sure. Well, Julia, really great work on this story. I know you worked uh, on it for a long time. Highly recommend uh, any of our listeners go and read the entirety because there's so much more uh, rich detail that you included. So really great work. And thank you so much for joining me to talk about it. Yeah, thanks a bunch for having me, Frank. 
As I mentioned, listeners can find the link to Julia's full story in the episode description in your podcast player. And if you enjoyed this story and would like to support The Lever's original reporting, you can go to levernews.com and subscribe to our free newsletter. You can also share this podcast episode with your friends and family. And if you really want to support our work, you can go to levernews.com slash subscribe to become a paid supporter. This gives you access to all of the Lever's premium editorial and podcast content, and you'll be directly supporting independent journalism. And that is all for the low price of just $8 a month, which is about half the price of a standard Netflix account. Thank you so much for listening, and keep rocking the boat.